Welcome back. It is the second episode of the flagship podcast, the official franchise podcast network, OU Football Podcast. I'm Aaron Davis. I'm joined by... He's a TV man on Channel 4, KFOR in Oklahoma City. He's a radio man at the franchise from 9 to noon with Dylan and Todd. He is also now a podcast man, apparently, uh, as I am graciously joined by Dylan Buckingham. Today he's uh, still... I'm still needing guinea pigs out here uh, in this podcast. <laughs> I haven't quite got it down, but we're working on it. Uh, thank you for coming on, though. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm the uh, weaker half of Dylan and Todd, you know, so I, I think, you know, Todd's busy schedule didn't allow for him to be here today, so that's why I was called up from the bullpen, you know what I mean? Hey, as long as we're getting in the game, though. You still, you were getting paid if we're getting in the game. That's right, no doubt. Oh, man. Um, so, you know, I, I I like to talk about my guests a little bit at the beginning, kind of introduce, because, you know, you're on the radio, you're on TV, but you're not necessarily talking about yourself a lot. You know, it's business. You're talking business. <laughs> so, how long have you been in Oklahoma City? Um, I originally, I was born in Tulsa, so I've bounced around Oklahoma quite a bit. Um, I've been in Oklahoma City, though, since was 2003, I want to say other than a stint in Amarillo, Texas for seven months. And um, I've been here since then. I absolutely adore Oklahoma. I love everything about Oklahoma. It's uh, it's an amazing state to me. And, um, you know, I just – I love the fact and relish the fact that I've been able to work here in this in this state because uh, my goal coming out of, out of high school and college was to work in the Oklahoma City market and be a part of the sports landscape, which I think is so awesome because you get such a combination of what you would want with Thunder – and then college football, you still have the NFL where people are crazed about that around here. So to me, it's it's the perfect market. Okay, Emerald is something I'm curious about. Like, mm-hmm. what is the sports landscape there? Because it's kind of just in the middle of nothing. And what Oklahoma City is about four hours away. Dallas is probably what, four hours away. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what what are, what is it <laughs> like there? What are the teams? I mean, if you go to Walmart, what are you going to see as far as sports apparel and teams are trying to sell? It is. I call it the Big Twelve melting pot because whenever I was there, uh, we were still covering like every like we covered a lot of Texas Tech because it's about an hour and a half, hour forty five from Lubbock. So there's a lot of Texas Tech fans, a lot of Red Raiders from there, and there's a lot of OU fans too. Believe it or not, there's actually a lot of OSU fans there as well. It's that's why I call it the Big Twelve mel- melting pot because a lot of people were in on all of that stuff. They loved all things Texas. Not a whole lot of Texas fans, but just all things Texas. Right. And so um, it was kind of weird in that sense. But the things that I covered there, I covered it for an arena football team, which was not even like in the AFL. It was like, I, I can't even remember the league it was, honestly. Were they in Amarillo? Yeah, they were the uh, okay. Amarillo, uh, were they Gorillas? They might have been the Gorillas. Gorilla. Okay. I want to say, Jeez. yeah. That was that was their nickname. Oh no, it was Venom. It was the Venom. Ven- okay, yeah, that's more arena yeah. football. Yeah, the Venom. They were the Venom, and then the hockey team was the Amarillo Gorillas, and they were they were like a smaller time yeah. uh, team too as well. But uh, high school was a big draw there, and the coolest Texas. thing, I, yeah, the, and the biggest thing I, I covered there was Cal Ripken Jr. came to a speak to a, speak at a college, and that was like the biggest thing I covered there. And so I talked to him for a little bit. That's awesome. Though. Yeah, it was cool. It's Cal Ripken. Yeah, it was awesome. Legend. I mean, it, it's kind of cool. You could tell he was like, "What am I doing here?" But Still, it was Amarillo, and he was there, and he was gracious with his time, and they were like, you literally have two questions to ask him, and he has a tight schedule, and we're like, okay, sorry. So, he was great, though. I've got a, uh, I've got a buddy that lives in Perryton, Texas. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that, and I've been there a few times, and it's just, no offense to the panhandle of Texas, <laughs> but it's a, it's a rough drive, driving from OKC to, to the Perryton, which it, it's, 
I don't know. It, it is what nothing. it is. It's yeah. oil, flat oil country as far as I, as far as my knowledge goes with it. And it smells, and no offense, again, to the fine folks like Hereford, America, I'm telling you, um, the smell there is just tough. I mean, if the wind shifts the right way, you've got, like, cow flatulence coming your uh, way the entire time. It is nasty. Makes me very <laughs> appreciative of living in Oklahoma City. Well, yeah. I, at least I don't have to worry about cow dung stenches <laughs> flowing my way. I mean, it could be Edmond where you have the dog food plant. I'm not trying to, you know, right. alienate anybody. I mean, I mean water, Norman's got the water treatment plant that, yeah. you know, stinks the joint up a little bit, but... <laughs> Uh, but you were uh, you were the Oklahoma Sports uh, Hall of Fame thing last night? Yes. Yes, I was. What and was that like? It was cool. I, I've covered that a few uh, – well, not a few years. I've covered it for a long time, actually. And I've done – I can't tell you how many voiceovers for their induction videos that um, that they have that plays right before they go up on stage and give their speech, which I think is amazing. I'm so, like, blessed and thankful that I'm a part of that because um, it to me, I just – I love that there's a rich – tradition of sports here in the state and that they're honored in a certain way and i think that's an awesome deal and uh watching them last night they were all super excited i mean you could tell especially bryant reeves and jason white those guys were thrilled that they were in a position to go into such a, a prestigious class and a prestigious uh group of men from oklahoma you could tell that they were fired up about that and so um i thought jason white was really great you know he's like i'm, I'm a kid from tuttle and right. you, know, you just don't really you know set out and start working towards goals to get this achievement, but he did, and, and he got there, and I knew it was very special to him, and same with Bryant Reeves and all the guys that went on See, that night. See, as far as, like, Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame or any, like, state Hall of Fame, I, I kind of have a little bit of a beef with them inducting guys like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook because, I mean, as much as they've added to the state, they're not from here, so it, I think that it should be reserved for people from Oklahoma, and if they want to go and play, if they go and play professional or whatever, they can go play in New York. But they're from Oklahoma. They're Oklahoma kids. Like, Johnny Bench should be – I'm sure he's in the sports yeah, hall. Okay, right. But he's a perfect example. Like, he's – he made his name somewhere else in another city, but he's always going to come back to Oklahoma. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and any other NBA player or whatever, they're not going to come back to Oklahoma after they retire. I really – I mean, I would be shocked if they did. I, it's, I mean, it's their home now, but Russell lives in L.A. during the offseason. When he mm-hmm. comes back to check his, his thermostat – and let the dog. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I don't know. Just a hot take from me as far as the state hall of fame. No, goes. it's understandable. But you know, one thing that it that it plays into though is that there is it gives it validity. I mean, you know, look, you got there, the names. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got it. There's got to be guys that draw you in. Like for example, one day Desmond Mason will probably be in there. Right. I mean, he's from Texas, but you know what he brought to this. this yeah, but he at least played. State. He at least played college here. Yeah. So yeah. he had some ties to growing up as far you know in terms growing up in this state. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I mean, you'll see stuff like that down the line. Like for example, um, Boone Pickens is in there, right? And it, it's it's a weird, rich, cool thing. I mean, you know, you got I, I like the conglomeration of it too because you have people that have meant a lot, like Lynn Draper, who started it. He's in there. Um, both Bob Berry Senior and Bob Berry Junior in there. It, it's cool because there's just different dynamics. And, and again, some of those guys from Oklahoma, some not. T Boone not from Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I guess I get what you're saying. It, it, it's more to honor the. The, the legacy, the, the legacy, yeah. right? Okay, and I guess Russell and Kevin have brought a lot of attention to Oklahoma since they've been here, so that helps. I'll say this though: Kevin's not in the Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame; he's definitely in the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. But when 
when that time comes again, like Russell will be in for sure. We all know that. Okay. Kevin will be in for sure. Okay, so what Russell and Kevin were inducted in are two are different two, things. They're two different oh, okay, things. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame seems a little more um, prestigious. Like, for example, I think a Pioneer Woman's in, like, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame or okay, something. Okay, I, okay. so it's yeah. not a sports thing. It's, no, it's, uh, they okay. just meant something to Oklahoma. Okay, I'm uh, fine with that then. Okay, the, yeah, yeah. Sports, sports is just kind of different. They just make sure if you've been, like, a, a factor in sports here okay. in Oklahoma. But, yeah, it's kind of a cool deal. And, and throughout the years, you, you'll see guys that – get in there that just I mean it just it brings it so much validity and and it'll be really awkward if even if Russell Westbrook leaves when they decide hey we're gonna put those guys in that's gonna be yeah an interesting little dynamic and, I, and you wonder if Kevin will come back and I think you know you've kind of seen him inch towards that like for example being so open about what Paul George could bring to Oklahoma City I think he's trying to kind of mend fences and get people to forget about what happened uh getting we I'll take the blame. I'm 100. percent I'm the host. I'm, I'll take the blame. We got a little <laughs> off track. We're not supposed to be talking NBA, but Sorry, yeah, it, no. That I think it was it was it was something I just wanted to talk about. We'll bring it back to Jason White. Mm-hmm. So he was great talking about being from Tuttle. Is it just me, or does he kind of seem like he kind of goes under the radar, even around here? Like I see him on his uh, you know HVAC commercials yeah. and, or whatever, but <laughs> he, I just don't hear his name mentioned very often with the great. For the great Sooners, OU football players, the great Sooners. You know, it's funny that he does get underrated. And I, I kind of think Landry Jones gets underrated, too. He was he was a really efficient, good quarterback at Oklahoma. Right. But he wasn't one of those guys that was, you know, rah, rah, you know, let's go, like not super leader. Yeah, he's not like that. And he's he's easy to forget in a sense because people kind of gravitate towards the more rah, rah guys and the, the big-time leaders right. that are, you know, kind of showing out there a little bit more. But Jason White, you know, what he accomplished, his his career numbers get a little skewed in a sense, too, because of his knee injuries. If his knees had held up, who knows what this kid could have accomplished. I would imagine he would have got a shot at the NFL at the very yeah, least. Yeah, I, I was told that uh, he would have been a huge factor in the NFL, but whenever he would walk, I can't remember who told me this, but someone said when he would walk up to the line of scrimmage to take snaps in the NFL, because he got a, I think it was with the Dolphins, I want to say. He, or he, the, no, it was the Titans. Hypo was with the Dolphins. That's right, right. yeah. Uh, White got a chance with the Titans, and when he would walk up under center, and try and take a snap, he, he would like cringe to get down in that that position to he, take a snap. Because he went, he pretty especially his last year and his junior year, he pretty much was shotgun only, yeah, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you can do that, but in the NFL, obviously, you got to get Go under center a little bit. Especially and, back in two thousand four, two thousand five, mm-hmm. whatever year it was, he came out. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned it last night too. Kind of, I had a chance to talk to him, and he said, "You know, I asked him. I go, I read a story about you, and there was a point in time where you almost quit football, right? And I go, was it during the second knee surgery? And he goes, no. Whenever he he originally got to Norman, he um, was having a tough time with the you know storage mini workouts, which mm-hmm. was so tough, and uh, he wanted to quit. And his dad said, "Fine, you can quit, but if you do, I've got a shovel with your name on it." Because his dad did concrete work, and he's like, "I'm not doing that." <laughs> so oh, yeah. he stayed That's... in there and continued working with uh, with OU. I was reading an article earlier about Charles Tapper speaking. I mean, former mm-hmm. Sooners, and he talked about how he didn't want to play football. His mom, I thought it was interesting. His mom told him, "You either need to get a job or you need to play football." And Tapper said, "Well, I'll, I'll play football. I don't want to because he loved basketball." And he said he would go out to practice and intentionally drop passes in hopes that he would get cut from the team, <laughs> so he wouldn't have to play football. And I just thought that was a crazy story because it's come full circle now. And he's in the NFL playing for the Cowboys. And you can go back to his, like, sophomore year of high school, and he was dropping passes on purpose trying to get cut from his football team. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a crazy <laughs> – I thought that was that was crazy. That is crazy. I, Jason White kind of had one of those similar two. I, I mentioned the one about the, uh, the working with his dad, but also he uh, initially – would go to his sister's softball practice, and that's how he started playing football at Tuttle. Uh, there would be a coach there that had a pair of pants that would hold up, and he would say, "Hey, you know, 
looks like they'll fit you if you want to come play football. And he kept saying no, kept saying no. And then finally he said yes. And his dad said, if you are if you do this, you are not going to quit. There's You can do whatever you want. You're not quitting. And uh, he said he came home and cried every day to his mom. He had to play linebacker and offensive lineman. And um, eventually, you know, his mom was like, hey, you know, calling his dad saying, can we quit? And he said, no, he's going, he's going to practice. And he goes, after that first year, I got over the hump, and I loved it after that. That's great. I, I mean, it's, it's crazy how it's such a small thing like that that could have completely changed the history of college football yeah. and, OU, and OU and the high. I mean, he won a Heisman. He won a Heisman. <laughs> do, you, do you think that the reason that he's kind of underrated is because he did lose the two national championship games he played in? And, and it, the LSU game, I think a lot of people really felt that OU should have won that game. Mm-hmm. And the USC game, they just got obliterated. obliterated. Yeah. And I'm not bashing the Sooners if anybody right. thinks I'm bashing the Sooners because I know there's <laughs> the people out there that – take offense to that but it's it, it just it is what it is they got destroyed by them and i don't know i mean i personally when i think of heisman winners from ou jason white's probably one of the last ones i think of i even think like i think of billy vessels before say, i think yeah. of jason white <laughs> it's funny because i read a feature once on him and and it was on the heisman trophy and where it's at now and where it you know like what happens after they win it you know it's funny because in his world he actually had it on the floor of his his house it was covered in clothes and his daughter would stand up on it on his heisman yeah like, he just had it sitting on the floor, and she would walk over, and, you know, the, the stretched arm, she could right. balance herself up and just pull herself up, and it was covered in dirty clothes and stuff. It was kind of a weird, fun story that you, you kind of go into with where Heisman Trophies are at. Now, I'm sure it's different these days, obviously. Right. I'm sure Reggie Bush probably is upset by that story. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Probably please. wouldn't be throwing his dirty clothes on it if he had it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it, it's cool. He is, I mean, he's part of that history, and I think people forget about how good he was because you've had that time to kind of let it sit a little bit, and people remember Sam Bradford, too, because of how uh, prolific he was at Oklahoma. So it's easy to kind of, you know, bunch him in there and, and almost forget about him and, um, you know, the thing that makes him so special, I think, is his his will to continue to drive forward and to continue to, to pursue what he loved in football because, you know, not one but two knee injuries like that where you're like, do, do I really want to keep doing this to there myself? There were major injuries too, weren't they? ACLs. But on both knees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember him being injured. I mean, Spoiler alert, I was pretty young <laughs> when he happen. played. But I do remember him playing very vividly, and I remember being very frustrated watching, you know, as a Texas fan when I was a kid, uh, growing up in Austin, I would watch them play OU, and I would just watch Jason White hit his passes perfectly, and then they would run a like a halfback zone to Adrian Peterson, mm-hmm. uh, Jason White senior and Adrian's freshman year, and it was the most frustrating thing <laughs> ever to watch them play, and I think that it was what thirteen to nothing or something like that, thirteen to two. It was so, it was a very low scoring game uh, the last time they played, and it was yeah, it was I frustrating. Vaguely remember that. Um, but yeah, with with Jason White, I just he was always a very skilled player. He had a lot of help around him, a lot of great players too. Uh, I think immediately I think of JD Runnels. That's one guy that kind of pops up to me um, when I think about him. But you know, he he was so talented and so great. And I think a lot of people don't, you know, really give him the proper credit that he deserves because of everything he went through and how he powered through. And it's funny too, because, you know, you mentioned a guy like that. I mean, you're talking about Tuttle kid and he goes and, um, what's the town of Tuttle like? It's small. I mean, like you just kind of keep driving to get there. And when you roll up, it's just, you've got the football field on your right. And I haven't been anywhere else other than the football field. So I can't talk about the whole town, like just as a, you know, what it is completely, but It's funny because he mentions that, um, you know, when, when he was initially getting recruited by Bob Stoops, um, 
he had already committed to Miami. He was going to go play there. And he hadn't been really committed or talked to even Oklahoma at all. And the day Bob Stoops was announced as Oklahoma's head coach, had his press conference, uh, Jason White got home from school. And uh, his mom goes, you got a call from a coach, Stoops? He goes, all right. So he calls him back, and he goes, hey, Coach Stoops, it's Jason White. I heard you call. What's going on? He goes, Jason, I wanted to get to, you know, gather at some point and, you know, talk to you. Are you available? And he goes, yeah, I'm available. And he goes, well, how long does it take to get to Tuttle? And Jason was like, I, I thought it was going to be, you know, like a tomorrow or the next day or the next day type thing. And uh, Jason White goes, well, it takes about 45 minutes. There's no turnpike. And he goes, all right, I'll see you in 45 minutes. And then the rest is, is history. So the first day Bob Stoops was on the job, he went after Jason White. And that should kind of tell you what he thought of Jason and, and the kind of player he was. If he would have went to Miami, who knows? He may have never seen the field. Right. Playing behind Ken. I mean, Ken Dorsey was there. It, I don't know. He may, it just may have been a situation where he did not see the field. And yeah, my, that might have been a tragedy. Time. Yeah. He might have played his senior year uh, after Ken Dorsey left. That might have been his only shot to really show what he had. And, I mean, if going back in hindsight, that might have got him into the NFL, but maybe we, no, we would have missed out on us. Yeah, exactly. We would have missed out on a Heisman winner. Oh, you would have theoretically missed out on two national championship opportunities. Mm-hmm. Could have completely changed the, like I said, hit small things like that. It's crazy how much they would have affected the landscape of sports. Yeah, a small it, decision. I mean, it's a big decision, but it's right. a, it's a it's one decision. It's, a, it's that's making making it made up a whole one. It's like a right. butterfly effect, if you will. Of exactly. All stuff. It's crazy. Do you, uh, did you get to watch any of the NFL last week in the preseason games? Um, I got to catch a little of the Cowboys game uh, against the Rams. I caught a little bit of the Chargers and the Seahawks, and I want to say that was all I got at least out of the preseason last week. Do you? Uh, I mean, did you see any highlights? For, I mean, any OU guys? Didi had the the long touchdown. I saw Didi's long touchdown, and I saw Joe Mixon's uh, you know three guy miss catch right. that he had. Um, you know, honestly, for those guys, I, I, it's been. It, I thought D.D. Westbrook was going to have a hard time in the NFL. Because size. I, size. That was that was my initial uh, perception of him because I, I thought when he would try and get off the line, I thought he would get jammed and just – I mean, look, don't get me wrong. The guy's got blazing speed, but I thought he'd have a hard time breaking away from coverage. Right. And that was my, my initial thought on him. I think Joe Mixon is still going to be an incredible talent in the NFL. He grew up with an Adrian Peterson poster over his bed, so, like, that's who he idolizes. That's why he's, you know – friends with him now to this day i mean obviously with the oklahoma lineage there Mm -hmm. they worked out this summer and it's cool to see this kid who i mean i'll I'll never forget one of the plays that i shot of him he was playing texas tech and this was i want to say two years ago in norman they were like seven yards out from the goal line and a linebacker met him in the hole and he threw this spin that i i just the the speed of the spin and the power he had when he did it was stupid it, it's it's unreal to watch this kid work you when we're talking about his athleticism and his, you mentioned a spin move he's six two two twenty like he's not the size of a guy that should be doing spin moves and juking guys no and i think i, I legit i think he might win the rookie of the year this year in the a c he's he's n f l size already he's his field vision is incredible. I, even back when he was returning kicks, mm-hmm. like just him being able to – I mean, I know it's different than running, being a running back, but you could he just hit the hole every time. He found the hole every time, and then when he – running back, hit the hole every time. And then that's – And his that, burst, too. His burst, yeah. His burst is what's crazy because, I mean, when he hits the open field, a lot of those guys that are that size – like, no offense to Samaj Piran, but, like, he's not a guy that's running away from a lot of people when he's in the open no. field. And, and, 
you know, at the college level, he could do that. But in the NFL, it's just not going to be the case. But Joe was a guy who would gain yards away from secondary guys. I mean, like, he would get away from everybody, and it's ridiculous. And the stuff I've read on him, too, is that he's been great in pass protection. He's been great in catching passes out of the backfield and still running the ball very effectively to the point where some some places where you look will say he could even supplant Jeremy Hill as a starter there, which is crazy I wouldn't to be think surprised. About it. it wouldn't stun me because, again, everything I've read is just – mind-boggling on how great he's been. He does. I mean, he can do everything. Every everything. As, aspect of offense, he he can he can do it well. You want to play? Let's play a little over/under on okay. the sooner rookies in the NFL this season. I'm just going off the top of my head, uh, throwing some numbers out there. D.D. Westbrook over/under 500 yards receiving. Um. I mean, that, all right. So Lee got hurt. It's a high ankle sprain. That thing get nagging. I'm trying to really break this down. I'll 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 say over, but just barely. I don't think he's a guy that's going to pull in like eight or nine hundred yards this year. That's a good a good over under number is five hundred. I'd, I'd say just over five hundred. I think over. I think it'll be a lot of bubble screens to him. Uh, they'll try and go deep, but I think as the season goes on, teams will learn that, like you said, you could probably just jam him at the line, and that'll disrupt his ability to get down the down the field. So. I, I, uh, that's a good number. It's really tough. Yeah, it's not a high number. I mean, 16 no. games, you're looking at what, like? Got to stay healthy, too. Again, yeah. We're going to assume that everybody stays healthy in okay. this situation. Okay. Uh, I, I can't even do the math. It's less than 50 yards a game, though, to get to 500 yards yeah. receiving if you play every game. So it's not it's not an absurd number, but, I mean, again, that's a tough number for a rookie receiver, especially one that's kind of one-dimensional yeah, yeah. in his game. And who knows, maybe he becomes a huge deep threat for those guys and yeah. is just a massive... I mean, we saw in the pre- you know. it was preseason, but we saw it. He he smoked those guys mm-hmm. on that pla- on that pass. So if he gets an open field, he's definitely got breakaway speed. Uh, small JP Ryan over under <sighs> 10 touchdowns. I'll take the under on that. I, I just... I, I think from what I've heard and read from... A, his camp up there in Washington, I feel like he's he's done really good things, and, and Jay Gruden's been very complimentary of him, and has been you know kind of on the forefront of praising him even when he's not asked. Like he'll get asked questions like who's who are guys that have stood out, and he'll name a couple names, but always tends to go back to Samaje. And I know he didn't have a very good first debut. I think he had a couple fumbles. He, did, he fumbled, but he came back and uh, he looked okay. Yeah, I'll give him. He looked okay, and I think he'll be a solid pro. I really do. Um, I would say less than 10 touchdowns, though, because, again, with with Kelly up there, he had an emergence last season, and I know they're still trying to get rid of some uh, one of their other running backs, but I'll just say less than 10. I just think that's a high number for him. Uh, Joe Mixon over under 1,300 yards from scrimmage. Total offense. Total uh-huh. offense. See, immediately my, my inclination is to go 1,000 yards rushing, 300 yards receiving, something like that. Right. I mean, uh, I'll say under. I'll say under. It's a big number. That is a big number. I'll go under, but if he hits that, I mean, there's no doubt he's going to be Rookie of the Year. And rookie of the Year. He'll probably be a Pro yeah. Bowler, too, if yeah, he hits those numbers. I mean, and you you probably think, what, five, six, seven touchdowns, something like that with those numbers? Uh, yeah, at least. Yeah. So I, I'll say under on that, but – don't color me surprised if if that does take. Yeah, place. I mean we've, I mean we were gloating about Joe Mixon's abilities a few minutes ago, and he he's he's so he's big enough that he's a red zone guy too. Like yep. I I he wasn't a feature back at OU. He wasn't the every every down guy because of P Ryan, but I I think he's got the size on him that he could take the punishment game to game and be the main guy if 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeremy Hill gets cut, and then who knows what Giovanni Bernard's going to be like when he comes back. Yeah, the ACL for him. Right. I, I could see – I see. I don't – Hill – I want to say Hill's up after this year. I want to say that. So I'm intrigued to see what they do, but I, I'm – you know, I honestly think Mixon probably is the third down back. I think they're going to want to try and feature a couple of guys there just because of, you know, those guys don't want to have them. Right just get destroyed game in and game out, you know, Mixon touching the ball 27 times. And you know what I mean? We just don't see that nowadays in the NFL. And so I would assume that they'll keep Jeremy Hill this year and, and see what they see out of Mixon to, to really make a decision going right. forward because Hill's going to want to command a bigger contract, and they've still got Mixon for a couple more years. Uh, Jordan Evans, over under 200 snaps played. I don't. Ooh. I don't think. I don't want to throw tackles out there because I don't know how much he's going to get in. The, yeah. Get in. Um, first off, the fact that he was able to, to even – jump on the radar for teams and get drafted I think is is huge because right. uh, there were a lot of knocks on his ability to get into pass coverage and um, you know I'll say that I'll say under on the snaps but I would say he's a guy that sticks on a roster and um, you know his story is awesome too he was a guy that was whenever he came out of Norman North was rated as like a D type prospect right. like when they gave him a grade yeah and he just worked his way up and and found his way on the field and was a factor for Oklahoma and started playing really good football towards the end of the year and end of his career there yeah, I mean, you could really say, I mean, that last half of the season probably got him drafted. Yeah, that in the workout at, uh, at Pro Day. I mean, the Pro Day thing was like, everyone was floored. You know, you start talking about, everyone was there to see Mixon, obviously. But when Jordan comes out and is as efficient as he was and as fantastic as he was, you're just like, where'd that come from? Like, that was crazy. And he just kind of a late bloomer, but made it work. And that was awesome to see. He's a great kid. Oh, man, am I, uh, there's got to be somebody, uh, well, Charles Tapper. We'll go Charles Tapper. He's, yeah, he's, gonna play, he's some, pretty much a rookie anyway. Yeah, it's going to be his first season. Cowboys got a lot of suspensions on their front seven, on their defensive line, over under five and a half sacks. Hmm. Um, man, that's a good question. I'll pro- I, My inclination is to go under just because I don't know if he can pull that off, but uh, I think he'll be a viable force on that defense. Like, I think he's a guy you can rely on to be a, a solid stopper for you, get a bunch of tackles. I'll say over just because, who knows, maybe he's able to find some success rushing the passer there. And um, I'll take the over, but not by much again. All right. you got to hope his back's completely healed, too. He had, I don't remember what the name of it. He had some condition where, like, his it's spine wasn't con- trait. Well, he also has that as well, but he's got a couple different things. Okay, so mm-hmm. I I just read about the back thing he had taken care of last year. Yeah, that's another thing, out. too. And he's also been fighting, I think, I want to say a hip injury this, this uh, camp as yeah. well. So it's I mean, we're assuming no injuries in this hypothetical, right. but, I mean, the dude's working with a lot going against him as far as health concerns go, but... I wish him the best. I don't wish the Cowboys the best. I'll just throw <laughs> it out there. Um, <laughs> You're talking about Oklahoma State, right? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, I'm sure I forgot a couple of, of rookies this year from OU, but I don't know. There was a defensive – Jordan uh, – there was a defensive back that got drafted, right? No. 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 Because uh, Jordan Thomas came back and Jordan Parker's there and, um, yeah. There, there's no defensive backs. It's kind of a weird. I mean, obviously, really, the Big Twelve was so down. Pretty, with, yeah, yeah, they're, they're definitely not going to. But um, it'll be better this year. Do I you think. think Baker has? I mean, I I think he'll get an opportunity to go to a camp. I mean, Trevor Knight got invited to a camp, so Baker will definitely be invited oh, to yeah. a camp. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance that he gets drafted at any point, even in the late rounds? It's kind of funny because I thought he was a guy that, and some people like to do this. They like to compare him to guys in the NFL that are similar in size with. Um, Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, and with both those guys, like he's got the—I think he's got the arm to do it. 
the size scares me. I, I think for him, he is so good making plays on the run and is kind of like John D. Manziel in a sense can, you know, kind of ad lib, if you will, when they say when stuff breaks down. And um, I think in the right system, like a Seattle, he can work. Um, I just don't know if he can go somewhere like Arizona and be a viable presence in, in an offense like that. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous. Like I've said, Baker could have a better college career than Mason Rudolph, but I think Mason Rudolph will have a better pro career. Right, he's definitely got the size. Yeah, the size. He's your prototypical quarterback, kind of you know, size, height, all that stuff. Huge arm. Um, you know, the thing with Mason is you're kind of curious about his accuracy, but Baker is is a really prolific thrower. A, a, he's got a, a great read of the offense. You know, I just don't know if he's going to be a great pro. See, I'm I'm level. I'm torn on Baker's future in the NFL because on one on one side of it, I see, you know, he's smaller. Uh, that's really, I mean, that's really the biggest gripe against Baker as far as the NFL goes. Is it's just a size, but then I look at the other side of the coin and I see guys like Trevon Boykin playing quarterback Mm -hmm. in Seattle and playing it well. He was like really good in the preseason game the other night. And Drew Brees is six foot, but I don't know. I think if Baker's going to be drafted, it has it's going to be because of the intangibles. He's going to have to go into these team meetings and show that he can read the defense because he's showing that he can be a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, his entire college career, he, he he has proven that he is a leader. So if he can go in and show them that he can read defenses and, and be a quarterback, an NFL quarterback, and do the things that they need to do, because really every NFL quarterback pretty much, except for Blake Bortles and Brock Osweiler, can make the throws. Yeah. It's the ability to read the defense, to check, check, check in the line of scrimmage and identify everything. It's the mental aspect of the NFL that keeps a lot of quarterbacks from succeeding. So if he can do that, I think he can be dra- he'll be drafted somewhere. It'd be a late round. But yeah, I, I think so. I was thinking like six, five, six, seven, something like that. Yeah, I definitely. think he'll, I think someone will pull the trigger on him because, you know, I mean, at that point in time, if you're an agent, you're like, well, hopefully you don't get drafted because then you can go wherever you want. You can, right. We can find the best situation for you, and then you know, gives you the best chance of making the team. And that's what you want to do ultimately. But for him, you know, if you ask Lincoln Riley and you ask guys like that, they have the utmost confidence that he's going to be somebody that can make it in the NFL, which is his head coach. Of course, he's going to have that kind of a, a mindset for him. But um, it's going to be a tough transition for him, I think, because the speed of the game is going to be a lot lot faster than what he's used to. And um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, oh, another guy, uh, Trevor Knight. That's a rookie. But I think we can yeah. both agree he's probably not going to be I would say on an active roster yeah, come September. I don't even think he'll be. I think he'll get through as much of camp as he possibly can before they cut him. No and offense think, to Trevor. Yeah, but no it's offense. Just not. And, you know, it's he. He had mentioned too. Um, we had talked to him. I think either at one of the, one of the games he came back for for OU last season, um, and it wasn't Bedlam. I think he came back a couple times, and um, he mentioned that he was looking for. Oh no, it was at the um, Sugar Bowl last year is when we talked to him, and he said okay. that um, he's kind of looking forward to life after football. Like he's thinking he's, if he doesn't get a chance, that's fine. It. Yeah, like it's it's not a big deal. But that's not to say if he goes somewhere like Arizona and and somehow makes the roster, like he's not going to pursue he definitely, that. He definitely could end up on a practice squad. That's not, yeah, that's not out of the question either. I mean, that's one, if you want, that's the kind of quarterback you want on, a pra- on your practice squad, though, is somebody that can do both things. So mm-hmm. he can help you prep for a pocket passer if you need to be, or he can help you prep for a Russell Wilson or somebody, somebody that's a little bit more mobile. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on a practice squad. That wouldn't stun me. Uh, it depends on how much he wants to put stock in that and do that with his career. Right. It's not a bad pay day, though. No, it's like, I think their minimum's like 233 or something yeah. like that. Like that it's a good gig. That's, that's not a bad job. Yeah. Show up to practice for a few hours a, a, few hours a day. 
Throw the football a little bit. Throw some intercept. You an interception's a good thing. You yes. throw an interception, <laughs> the coaches are pleased. They're like, way to go, defense! Right. And it's funny. That's whenever they have like the press conference after they lose by like forty. They're like, well, I don't know. The defense played really great in practice this week. They had a great showing out exactly. there. Exactly. They never say our scout quarterback was terrible. Yeah, they never uh, put it on them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's not not a bad gig. Oh, um, yeah. It's it's going to be an interesting season. I, for uh, for OU, I, I kind of want to get everybody's opinion on this going before the season starts. Mm-hmm. Do you think they have any chance at Ohio State? Um, yeah, I think they have a little bit of a chance. When you have when you're Ohio State and you've had to to replace all you've lost in the secondary, which is a bunch of first round picks. Don't get me wrong. Your defensive line is supposed to be one of the best in the country. Um, Michael Hill suspended though. And you assume it's for that that game, and I, I know they've got a bunch of seniors on that defense. Uh, otherwise, but offensive line wise, if Oklahoma can find a way to control the game up front, which they, that to me is one of the best crews in the country on the offensive line with Oklahoma, um, if they can control the game and Baker Mayfield can keep the Sooners out of mistakes and not press too hard and try and do too much like he did against Houston and and like he did against Ohio State last year, I mean there were flashes where they showed that they could be the type of offense right. that they wanted to be against Ohio State. They just never got around. Like, they never put it all together for four quarters. Same with Houston. I think they have a chance. I'm not going to pick them to win the game, but it wouldn't stun me. I think you can mask some deficiencies with those running backs that you have. And I say deficiencies like it's a bad thing. I don't mean that. But it's one of those things where, you know, they're just unproven, like the receivers. Right. And, and I think offensive line-wise, if you have a great offensive line, you can really kind of um, force – their hand on things without them having to do more work to get you know open and break away on the outside. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I think that can be a huge factor if the offensive line plays well. I think I and I, I've mentioned this on on this podcast before. I mentioned it on air. I think that I'm leaning a bit more towards OU this year, especially more than I was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I definitely think it'll be a better game than it was last year. I think so too. I think the teams match up a little bit better this year. Yeah. All right, you want to play a game? Let's Wrap do this it. thing up. All right, we're gonna play a game called. How drunk is he? <laughs> okay, you talking about me? <laughs> no, no, I'm Very the drunk one. I'm the, oh, oh yeah. okay. Well, we're both we're both lit then. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna give you three scenarios. Okay. They can either be completely egregious and idiotic, or they could be completely plausible and, and logical. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you decide. But we're gonna we're gonna go off of the uh, this. This guy says so many stupid things. How drunk is he, Skell? Uh, brought to you by nobody. Created by yours truly. Uh, we've got it scaled from one to nine because I, I'm cor- I, well, I, I don't because I have to be different. Basically, That's fine. I can't right. do one to ten. I do one to nine. So uh, yeah, based off the TGSSMDTHDIHDS scale. Just tell me how drunk I am. Okay. And it goes from Oduls to Everclear. Which is a very wide range there. Yeah. Oh, it's these questions might get a little, little they're going to be rangy. Starting off, OU will not be in the Big 12 title game this year. How drunk am I? Oh, um, that's a good question. I will go, I would say you've got to be sipping on some good whiskey and Coke for that. I'd say like a six. Okay, whiskey and coke is at a six. Yeah. yeah, I think it'd be. I mean, that's two teams that are gonna have to finish in front of OU, which I think is gonna be 
if OU stays healthy, if Baker stays healthy, that's going to be a long shot. Yeah, the offensive line, too. If they start getting ham- hamstrung by injuries, that's one thing. But, um, you know, for me, like, that would mean an entail. Like, my dark horse to make it to that would be West Virginia. I think they're capable of doing that, but that also means that Texas and Kansas State, those are teams that I, I would look at as three and four in this conference and right. not in that order. I have Kansas State at three and Texas at four and West Virginia, um, I have them right up there, too. I just don't know if they're good enough to get past Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, those teams. And, and that's where I'm kind of concerned about it. And the wild card at West Virginia, obviously, is Will Greer. He's yeah. only played two games, and he looks good. And so there's a lot of a lot of people are po- positive on Greer, but we just don't know. He's only played two games in his college career. Right. Mike Stoops will be a head coach in 2018. How drunk am I? Nine. Everclear. Don't think he's getting a job. A no, coaching job. I don't think head coaching. Um, you went Youngstown. You, you couldn't see him at Youngstown State. Bo Pelini gets moved somewhere else, and <laughs> Mike Stoops goes to Youngstown State. I mean, that's probably not out of the question. But I think for him, you know, I think you know the, the, the Arizona thing just never worked out. It's a tough to school, too. That's a tough – that is, is one of the toughest jobs in the nation is to coach down in Arizona. It's a very difficult job. There's no doubt about it. I, I'm not going to say he won't be a head coach anywhere in his career again, but I think, you know, one thing that, that I factor in this year is if he has a nice season, they're not going to be, like, just willing to want to part with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like he might stay. And if he's happy, which all indications are he is. He's happy as the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma. I mean, you – you look at the, the media day press conference where he was out there talking about how there hasn't been a transition. The 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 coaches' room has been great. It's been awesome to not have, um, you know, or it's, I shouldn't say that not awesome to not have Bob Stoops there. But at the same time, like those guys think so much alike. I'm sure they butted heads constantly. Yeah, and that's that's a different dynamic for him now. Is that he's got Lincoln Riley there, and I think he kind of lets Mike do his thing. And so if he has a nice season, I could see him sticking around. So I would say just for 2018, Everclear drunk. That he's gonna be a head coach, but I, I I could see him coaching like a smaller school later. I would I, yeah I would be curious to know like the the difference in the amount of micromanaging going on between Stoops last year and Riley this year. I'm I'm curious. I mean I don't know if Stoops was a big micromanager. He doesn't seem like he was. He doesn't talk like he micromanaged a lot. But right where where you can kind of blur the lines on that though is the fact that it is Bob Stoops and he's a defensive guy. Right. And, those two, that's your brother also. So I think it's one of those things, too, where... You're a little bit more willing to kind of boss say, your brother like, around. This is the defense I want, and you were doing this? Are you kidding me? Like, I'm sure there was some of that going on, exactly. too. And again, I, I have no knowledge of that, but just just a bunch. All right, last one. Okay. Baker Mayfield will win the Heisman Trophy in 2017. How drunk am I? Um... I would probably go Budweiser on this list. Maybe Zima. Indubitably. So, Zima, by the way, a two. O'Doul's was one. O'Doul's was Zima's one. Zima's yes. two. Budweiser three. So you're. I'm not that drunk. I'm. I'm a little. I'm a little you're tipsy. But, tipsy yeah. but I'm not. I'm not blackout or anything with no. this comment. It's not crazy to say that. I mean, you know, the, the media darling right now for that is Sam Darnold, and and that's fine. I mean, people want to jump on USC, and that's it's it's a blue blood thing. Like people want to do that and just immediately say, oh man, USC, they're back. This right. is gonna be amazing. Um, he's obviously a favorite, and and he's been a finalist before. It, it would be, I think, stupid to not think that this year because as long as he's healthy again, his numbers are impressive. I mean, what he does is incredible. He's a guy that, um, you know, can rally a team and, and make huge plays with his arm and his legs. It's it's not out of the question. So you're not very drunk at all. Well, I mean, I got pretty drunk off that Everclear in the uh, with a whiskey and coke, but. You did. <laughs> 
Uh, that's going to wrap up. How drunk is he? I don't know how my announcer voice is, but I like it. We'll I see. We'll see. Good. We'll see in post. I can. Uh, I'll put some Bruce Buffer in there or something. Well, he might sue me, but we'll get you some deeper, right? Some deeper pipes or something. Right. Uh, <laughs> post. Dylan, uh, thank you for coming on the flagship podcast. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It's a blast. Enjoyed it. Um, you want to pimp, pimp your Twitter? Uh, at Dylan Buckingham, D Y L A N, then Buckingham. You can you can Google that if you if you'd like to. Yeah, it shouldn't be too hard to find. He's got a little no. blue check mark next to his name, I think. So uh, don't follow any of the spam or the uh, yeah the fake parody accounts. accounts. Come on, we can't be having that. And uh, of course, I'm at hourly pay Aaron. Aaron with two A's and uh, a- Dylan. A-Ron. Yeah, Aaron, insubordinate. All right, Dylan. Thank you, uh, all you people that listen. We'll see you again next week. That was less terrible. Uh, Mr. Simmons, please, try your line again. For the last time, it's Sims. Billy Sims. That's it. Use that rage. At least the windsock was good.